seats. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started. Um, we're going to, if you haven't been able to grab a nice cup of coffee, we got some good, good coffee back there and some wonderful pastries. So, um, and show into the mission trip, which I'm getting to be very excited. Actually, the um, Thomas Agutu, um, who has the mission in um, Africa, uh, will be with us here in October, um, the latter part of October, I think the last Sunday. And um, I'm very excited about him being here, which he's really going to be able to share just the vision for um, what they're doing, which is quite remarkable. But um, so just being faithful for that. But this fundraiser is really to help uh, those that are wanting to go on the mission trip. So, uh, so into it, so big. And let's just believe for uh, just a great mission trip. Um, so today as we, as we do our tithes and offerings, um, I just wanted to share that everything we do as a Christian, we mingle it with faith. Everything that, every action, every word, everything that we are believing in is done in faith. So as we give, we give in faith because we're believing his word. Because the scripture says, give and you shall receive. It's real simple, but as, as, you, as you give, we have to believe that, that our Father who loves us wants to give us good gifts. And it's kind of the economy of heaven. When we activate it, we activate it by faith, then we're able to receive from him. We're receiving from him blessings, as it says in Ephesians 1, um, that we've been blessed with heavenly blessings from above we've been given everything we need from from the riches of his glory and when he when he gives us or when we receive back it's just not like we're getting a dollar for a dollar or or whatever it is for that what we're doing is that he's it's pressed down shaken together and it's an aspect of overflowing so that, so that God's blessing comes back to you in greater measure. So it's just not a simple one for one. He multiplies it and then he is able to give it back to you. So as we give, let's do it in faith and knowing that God wants to bless us richly. So let's just pray and ask the Lord to bless the gift. Father, we just thank you so much for all that you've entrusted us with. And Father, it is a joy to give unto you. It is a joy to be able to be hilarious in our giving. And that, Father, we desire to give above and beyond. And Lord, we thank you that that is, uh, it pleases your heart. Because, Lord, it activates things so that you can give us in return we can receive from you so father i'm asking now that faith would arise in our hearts and that lord we would see that in our giving it's done in faith and we're believing that we shall receive so lord we bless you and praise you and thank you in jesus name amen so you can give um, online you can go to generationavl.com you can give online or you can give by check uh, make out to Generation Church or cash. There's envelopes behind each of the chairs, and then you can put it back in the offering box. So, so praise the Lord. Well, we are on a journey. I'm on a journey with you, and it's a journey of faith. And, you know, um, I'm going to continue in this series on, on um, growing in faith. And in that, um, there is something that he has given each of us in this room. And that is to be an overcomer. So what that means is, in practical ways, whatever situation you're going through, God has put it within you to be an overcomer in every situation. That means you're not going to be succumbed to it. That means you're not going to be overwhelmed by it. Well, I guess you can be overwhelmed to a degree, but... when it comes right down to it, the issue at hand, God has given you the trump card. And that trump card is you overcome. And 
There's an aspect that ignites the overcomer to be an overcomer. 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So it's our faith united in who our God is, united in faith uh, in his word, gives us the ability to not just plow through and, whoo, I'm glad I made it through that trial. He is giving you the ability to overcome in it. Every situation that you're going through. I imagine there's some situations some of you are going through right now. It's like, can it get any worse? Well, the good news is it doesn't stay that way. So in that, as you step in faith, you can actually rise above and you will not be beneath it. You will rise up victoriously. You will mount up with like wings like eagles. So you'll soar and overcome in every situation. So think of a situation right now that you're going through that's very challenging. And I want you to say on the count of three, I'm an overcomer. One, two, three. I'm an overcomer. I'm overcoming the situation in faith. So there is one thing that heaven notices. And I I was just reading this today and I thought, I've never read this in the scripture before. And as I was reading it, I started going through the epistles and the, the beginning of each of the epistles, Paul is addressing the churches and There's one thing that Paul says, and it's a common theme throughout most of the epistles, and that is this. Paul said in Ephesians 1.15, I don't have this up because I just saw it this morning. He said, having heard of the faith of the Lord Jesus, which exists among you. Paul says, I've heard of your faith, Ephesians. I've heard of it. And I, I, and it, It brought my attention to the reality that God is doing something great in the church in Ephesus. To the church, to the Colossians, he says this in verse chapter 1, verse 3. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 says this. We give thanks to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind the work of faith and the labor of love. He said to his son Timothy, in in Timothy 1.1, my true child in the faith. And then it says in verse 5, he says, and the goal of instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So what are the two things that gets heaven's attention over your life? It's faith and love. Heaven recognizes faith and love. And I want it to be said of me that, that like Paul, I've heard of something really good going on inside of you. And that is that there's faith and there's love. These are the two things that gets heaven's attention. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to just be noticed for notice sake. I want heaven to recognize that I have faith and that I believe and that I am not going to give up. I am going to fight the good fight. I'm going to run the race. And I'm going to get the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Because why? I've kept the faith. Paul went through so much. He could have given up. He said, no. The most important thing is that I keep the faith. And so Mark eleven twenty three, 23 kind of raises the bar 
And it kind of helps us to begin to see that Mark eleven twenty three is kind of like it's a goal. It's, it's something that we are going towards to achieve in our own level of faith. So let's look at Mark eleven twenty three. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, we got a lot of mountains around us. Pick a mountain. Which one do you want? Be taken up. Speak, say to the mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and he does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, and it shall be granted to him. I, I think that, you know, all of us, if we just stand back in the natural and look at this, okay, we're like, okay, speak to the mountain, believe in our heart and speak to a mountain. Jesus is really indicating, this is where I want your faith to go. I want you to have the level of faith that you can speak to the mountain in your situation in your life and you can believe that it can be uprooted and cast into the sea. He's like, okay, here it is. But you know, we don't get there overnight. We don't get there just by all of a sudden just, well, you can, but, but a lot of times the steps of faith in our walk is incremental. We got to grow in faith. We got to build up our faith muscle. We've got to believe that greater things are in store for us than what's at hand. Romans 12, 3 says this, for through grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Do you read that? Do we have that scripture? No, you don't have Romans 12, 3. Okay. You have it in your Bible, right? So look in your phone, look in your Bible, Romans 12, 3. As God has allotted to each a measure of faith, every believer has a measure of faith. Mountain-moving faith. So he's given each of us a measure of faith. And in that, and as we know in the scripture, it says, Ephesians 2.8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And we know Romans 10.17 says this, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So faith is a gift that has been given to you at salvation. You were born again, born anew because you heard the word preached to you. It, it inspired, it built faith within you, which was a gift to you. It was a gift for you to believe in the work of the cross and you were born again. So at, and when you were born again, each of you in this room are given a measure of faith. The measure of faith. Some don't get like a whopper measure and some just a little bit. You get a measure of faith. And it's within that you receive when you were born again. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says, but we have the same spirit of faith. My faith is not like, you know, got, it's got a little, you know, expression to it that yours doesn't have. Faith, is, it comes from the same spirit. It's on the same level. So we all receive this spirit of faith according to what is written. I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Notice that you're not trying to get faith. You're not trying to pray for it. You already have it. But there's a, there's a method of faith and how it operates. And how it operates is that first you believe. You believe the word 
and then how the faith is released to change your circumstances is that you speak it. You say it out loud as if you have it. And that activates the faith to release the promise of what you're believing for. So in this verse, you can see this same kind of spirit of faith that Jesus is talking about is in Mark eleven twenty three, The same kind of faith. And that is this. Whoever says to the mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. So it's the same kind of faith. You believe and you speak it as if you have it. That's how the economy of faith operates. That's how it grows in your life. So every believer has been given a measure of this kind of mountain-moving faith that I would say. And it starts off the same way. We all have it. He doesn't give some like a big old boatload of faith and some just get a little thimbleful. He gives everyone a measure of faith across the board. And then your faith grows according to what you do with it. Your faith will grow by what you do with the measure of faith that's been given to you. So in that, as it grows, it has the ability to press into bigger things that you're believing for. It has the ability to walk in a measure that you're not walking by sight. You're not walking by what you see. You're walking by faith. You're believing in the heavenly things and not the earthly things. So you don't need the evidence of things in the physical for your faith to work. You're walking in a level of faith of believing in the unseen is going to all of a sudden be made known in your midst. So just like we are, we all been given the measure of faith and we're all to grow in faith. It's just like your muscles. So, um, I'm going to have Ricardo come on up and, uh, where I have two of my contestants have just exited. Can one go get Josiah and one get Noah? Noah just walked out too. So, Yes. Yes. See, Joe Jane just said, when you say it, doesn't that, that's just like trusting in it. So when you say it, you're trusting and believing that God is going to do it. You're trusting him. That's right. Exactly right. So, uh, Ricardo, come on up. Come on, Ricardo. Come on, Noah. Were you trying to run away from me? Maybe. Oh, you're just getting ready, huh? Come on, Josiah. Everybody give Josiah a big hand. Come on now. Okay, Ricardo, stand right here. Joe, Noah, come on up here. Stand right here. And uh, Josiah, come on here, buddy. All right, so each of these individuals, even though they're different ages, when Josiah was born, he was given a measure of, of muscle when he's born inside his body, the DNA for his muscle to grow. Just like Noah had a measure of muscle when he was first born, and Ricardo had muscle when he was first born. So all of them being given a measure of muscle, but it's what they do with it is what will determine how the muscle will grow, right? Okay, so I'm going to have them do, I'm going to have first Josiah, he said he would help me out, and he's going to show us how to do a push-up, okay? But he's going to show us how to do, can you, you can even try to do a couple, or to even do three. You know how you do a push-up? Okay, so just to kind of get it going, let's just go ahead and, 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 and do it in a manner in honor of uh, 
Rocky Balboa. So, so, okay, so what are you going to do, Josiah? You're going to get down. Get down. Okay, get down right up here, right here. Get down right here and do it. Come on. Yeah! Yeah, man, put up your arm. Like Rocky. Yeah, man. Come on. Rocky Balboa. All right. Now, Noah. Noah's a little older. Noah's had some time to, to develop his muscle. So let's give it up for, for Noah as he uh, shows us how to do a few push-ups. Come on, Noah. said, no, can you do a few push-ups? Yeah, I do a few. All right, now, come on, let's back away. Let's give it up for the old man here. All right, by this, Ricardo. Give it up for Ricardo. Come on. Come on, Ricardo. Come on, Ricardo. He's feeling stronger. <laughs> Woo! Come on, Ricardo. Man, you're just warming up, buddy. Come on. Go, Ricardo. Come on. Yay! Woo! Hey, Josiah, way to go, man. Awesome. Noah, great job. Great job. Ricardo, woo, that's going to help you on the drums. I won't be able to hold my baby anymore. <laughs> Let's give it up for these guys. All right. Yeah, you can go back. <laughs> That's good. So, you know, a lot of people, what they've done with their faith, you read the uh, parable of the talents? And one of the fellows was given one talent. What did he do with that one talent? He wrapped it in a napkin and he buried it. And he didn't use it. We're not to be like that. We're not to take the one talent of faith that we've been given and wrap it in a napkin thinking, you know, well, I don't want to lose it or I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, not use it in a proper way. God wants you to grow your faith at levels that no man has seen before. He wants you to continue to exercise your faith. So it's up to you what you do with the measure of faith that God has given you. So my second thought is this. If you have a measure of faith, from what I read in the Word is that your faith can increase. Your faith can grow. So you have a measure of faith, but your faith can increase and grow. And that is 
how you use it. But it's not being done by God. I ask that you give me more faith. That's not how God gives you the the faith that you're wanting to achieve. God's not going to do it. You're going to do it. God is saying it's through his word that you're going to grow in faith and become having the ability to speak to the mountain in your life and see it uprooted and cast into the sea. So God's provided us the means of having increased faith. And there's two things that enables you to have increased faith. It's feeding on God's word. And it's exercising or putting into practice what you believe. These are the two things that are kind of like getting your faith muscle going is that you're in the word, you're believing the word. This is God. When you read the Bible every day, you're just not reading words on a page. You're reading the voice of God. And in that, you've got to feed yourself, put it into you, but not just read it only like you're looking into a mirror. Do something about it. Allow it to activate and be exercised in your life. So, you know, in the Bible, sometimes when Jesus spoke, he used a lot of natural illustrations like uh, a mustard seed. Or he, he would use a, 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 talk about a sycamore tree. But in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus taught it this way. He said, he answered and said to them, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So Jesus Using a natural illustration to convey just a spiritual principle is what he's doing here. He's saying to us that, that what bread is or food to our body, the word of God is to the spirit man. And the word of God is what will strengthen your faith. So on a regular basis, you know, if... If I'm eating the right things, if I'm eating all healthy food, which is good for my body, but, but I don't exercise, I'm still going to get flabby, even if I'm eating good. I, I'm going to get weak. And so in that, in, in some of the same ways, as, as, you're, as, you're reading, as you're reading the Word of God and you're, you're believing His Word, you're starting to exercise. That means you're starting to step out. what it says. Just don't be hearers only. Be doers also. And let your faith grow. So, in much of the same way, you need to feed your faith on God's Word. God's Word is like faith food. It's faith food. You know, when you get a, a, a goldfish or a, a guppy, you buy fish food, right? Well, you don't put a big old T-bone steak inside your aquarium and expect a guppy to eat it. It's not going to eat T-bone steak. It's going to eat fish food in a little container. This is faith food. This is what feeds your faith is the word of God. So in that, you're growing and you're building up your spirit and, and in that, you're developing yourself because Romans 10, 8 says this. He says, but what does it say about the word? The word is near, near you, it's in your mouth and it's in your heart. That is the word of faith which we have been preaching. So basically, Paul called the message that he preached the word of faith. He was preaching the word of faith, and people's hearts were coming alive. They were able to receive it. They were able to believe it and to be saved. So faith will cause your heart to come alive. And when faith, God's word is in your heart, it gives you the assurance it gives you the confidence. It gives you the knowing 
that God is working together everything for good to those who love him and are called according to his purposes. I've been facing many situations that if I just, if I didn't know that my God was able to take my messy situation and make something good out of it, I could, I could really lose, I, I could fall into just not having hope that there was any future or anything good that's going to come out of my situation. But I'm believing that God is the master chess player. And I don't know how he does it, but boy, he can work the table like no one's business. He can take my situation and he can all of a sudden checkmate. In the middle of your situation, God can see checkmate. So, so not only is your faith measurable, it can grow. So not only can it grow, but it can grow exceedingly large in your life. And so 2 Thessalonians 1.3 says this. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly. Do you see that? Your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. There is an exceeding greatness that happens in your faith as it grows as you are studying and believing God's word. So we see that faith can grow. And so since faith can grow, it can be measured in size. It can be measured. It's not like you're putting your faith on a scale, but you can measure your faith. And how can I say that? Because Jesus made statements of people's faith. This is what he said in Luke 12, 28. He said, but if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you, O men of little faith? So there's a characteristic there of somebody having little faith. So let's read somebody that has great faith. Now, when Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who were following, Truly I say to you, I have not found such great faith with anyone in Israel. So we got little faith and we got great faith. Romans 4.19 says, Abraham, without becoming weak in the faith, he contemplated his own body. As good as dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So we understand that one's faith can also be characterized as weak. Weak in faith. But then verse 20 of that, it says, yet... With respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in the unbelief, but he grew strong in faith. So you can have little faith. You can have great faith. You can have weak faith. You can have strong faith. So faith is measurable. So how would you measure your faith? Where's your faith? Because it can be measured. If I had a little God measuring uh, gadget and I could go across the room, I'm sure the dial would go like all kinds of ways, you know. But there's a way you can measure your faith and you know where you are in terms of your faith. So your faith can also be characterized. He said it could be, you could be rich in faith. He also characterizes that you could be full of faith. It also says that you can be perfected in faith. So your faith has ways of measuring it. It can be characterized. It can be quantified. But no matter where you are in your faith, it's got to grow. Your faith has got to grow. And your faith grows by being in the word and feeding your, you know, I, it's almost like when, you know, does anybody get hunger pains throughout the day? You ever get hungry? 
I mean, you know when they come on. I mean, come on. I, I mean, the other day when I drove by, well, I won't say where I drove by. I wanted a hamburger really bad. I felt it. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's a reality that, that our spirit man, you can almost sense that your spirit man is hungry. It's hungry, and it's, it's got to be fed faith food. Now, how do you get faith food? In the Word. That feeds your faith. You grow. You know, there's a pattern in Scripture that, as it says, the, the manner in which faith is expressed is that you believe in your heart, and then you say it with your mouth, and you shall have what you say. That's kind of the, the rhythm of the faith realm. That's what releases faith, is when you believe it in, in the word, and then you're able to say it out loud. You know when you say it out loud? It's kind of like putting it out there, isn't it? It's kind of like you're, you're stepping out on a, on a limb. I'm... I, you know, if you were believing for something big that God spoke to you, well, this, this is what happened to Eliza and I. When we first moved up here, we moved to Weaverville, North Carolina, up where the cows live, up in the farmland. So we were up there, and, um, and we were there for several years. And then um, my mother was, was passing. Um, she had passed away um, with cancer. And um, my grandmother, who raised me just like my mom. You know, when I grew up, I always thought, I always talked to my grandma. I said, Grandma, I don't know if my mom's my mom or if you're my mom. You know, it was just kind of like she was my mom. You know, I always saw her. So she was with my father at Lake Lure, and I, I really, you know, I just felt like that uh, I want her to live with me. I want her to be with me. And um, so we decided to put our house on the market, and we were going to get kind of like a um, grandmother suite, you know, to have it right by our house so we could have, you know, our home that we could, we could grandma could be with us. And, um, and Joe Jane knows my wonderful grandma real well. You know what? I'll never forget. See, my grandma passed away um, a year ago or so, a couple years ago, and um, she was a hundred year, almost a hundred years old, and one of the most beautiful pictures I have is Joe Jane and my grandma cuddled up on my couch just leaning over against each other. And you got to think, you know, there was over 200 years of experience sitting on my couch, you know. And uh, so as, as we decided to move, we put our house on the market, and it sold so fast. It actually sold too fast. Well, we couldn't find a home. Um, we got a closing on the house. It was going to close in 30 days. And so we were so blessed by a lady uh, at the time who uh, gave us the keys to her house and says, you can live here for six months and you don't have to pay a dime. And so, um, so we, we moved in and it was just wonderful. It was a gift from the Lord. But in that time period, um, I was still praying and believing for a house. So we, we probably looked at 100 homes. And, and we, just didn't, we just didn't find the right one. Well, one day we went by this one house, and, um, and I had seen it on the MLS list, MLS listing, and, um, and we went by it, and I, I knew when we went into the neighborhood that there was just one home I wanted to look at, which in my mind was more affordable. Um, well, we happened to drive by this other house that was a lot bigger and cost more money. And... Uh, and Elijah said, oh, I really like that house. I like it. It's, it's two-story. It's a brick. And, uh, and you know what? I've looked at everything on it, and I love everything about it. I really want to get that home. And I said, oh, honey. I said, you know, even if we, even if we put an offer down on it, we're going to have to ask 100000 below the original listing price. And, and in that... I said, so let's don't look at this. So, so we, left, we left the neighborhood that day. We looked at that one home. And then we were coming back by the, the following day. We were going by the neighborhood. She says, 
I really want to look at that home. And, and I talked to the realtor and I said, you know, if, if, there, if you can arrange us to be able to, you know, go in and look at that home, let's go and look at that home. And I'm, and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking I'm doing it to, to nicely appease my wife, you know, to go look at the home. And, um, but I knew I couldn't afford it. There was just no way I could not afford that home. So in that, um, the lady called the realtor. Uh, yeah, we can go in. Lo and behold, the next 15 minutes, we're, we're going inside the home. And we're looking at it. And as soon as we walk in, um, there's a little plaque up beside our door. It says, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. <laughs> and, and she put her hand on it, and it was like, mm-hmm. And she walks in, and she's like looking at it, and I'm just going, no, no, no. She's like, you know, you know she was just, I, I, I call it, she was just starting to perk. You know, I mean, it was like she was getting all excited. She loved every, you know, the Lord had spoken to her, making a list of all the things that she, you know, she wanted in the house. Well, she wrote out a long list. This house had everything on that list. So we're walking in, and looking at my realtor going <laughs> and so so we we go through the house it was a wonderful house and um so then the next day I uh I was having a, a time with the Lord and and I was thinking in my mind I was thinking about that house and I thought you know even if we make an offer it's going to have to be a hundred thousand below the original asking price and then the Lord spoke to me so clearly, and he said, what is 100,000? He said, what 100,000 is to you is a penny to me. I've told your wife I'm going to give her that house. And I, I'm just sitting there. You know, it was one of those moments where I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, and, and, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, I had to choose to believe that all things were possible. I had to choose to believe that God was going to give her that house when I knew in the natural I could not afford it. I knew I, 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 it was too expensive for me. <clears throat> and so um, I went to the realtor. Um, I called her up that day. And I, I, said, um, I said to her that, I said, we're going to make an offer on the house. And I said, I know this is going to sound really, really crazy but I'm going to offer 100000 below the original asking price. And she paused on the phone like, are you kidding me? You know, like, you're not being serious, are you? Are you just like playing the game or, you know? And I said, I'm being very serious. I'm going to offer 100000 And And it was interesting that the day that I put in the offer, two other offers came in on the house and that house had been on the market for two years. The very day, it was like, it was like, it was just interesting. The timing of other two other people coming in, and I'm asking a hundred thousand below the original asking price. There came a day when the Lord said, "I want you to go out to the house, and I want you to stand in front of the house. I want you to speak out loud and say out loud that this house is yours. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like, I, you know, I didn't know anybody in the neighborhood, so I pulled up, I'm in the cul-de-sac, and I get out of the car, and I'm looking around, I hope nobody's looking at me, and I just, and I stepped out, and I'm in the grass, and I looked at the house, and I said, Lord, I believe that you're giving this house to Eliza. So I declare out loud, house, you're mine in Jesus' name. I said it. I stepped out on the plank. And I, I, I put it out there in the airways, but I was saying what I believed in my heart. The next day. See, when you do that, it activates faith. When you do that... It allows God's power 
to come alongside you and do above and beyond all that you would ever ask or think according to the power that works within you. Do you understand? God's like, go ahead, say it, because my power is going to back it. Well, the next day, all of a sudden, I get a phone call from my real estate agent. She said, are you sitting down? I said, why? She said, because a miracle has taken place. They accepted your offer, 100000 below the original asking price. And this is in the heat of the market in 2007 when the economy was booming in Nashville. What happened in 2008? The crash. 2007, everything was woo! So getting a house, 100000 below the asking price was huge. So in that, I stepped out and I said what I believed in my heart and I said it. And God said, I was waiting for that. I was waiting for you to step out and say it. Because when you say it, you release it, power backs it, and all of a sudden it brings forth the miracle. So guess what? We got the house. And it was a miracle. And it's, I, I still, to this day, I still look at that house and I thank the Lord for the miracle that he did. This is not like just a name it, claim it kind of thing. This, is a, this was God's will for my life and for my wife. And he said, I want to bless her. I want to give her the desires of her heart. I want her to know that I love her and that I'm here for her. And therefore, he just needed me to believe it. So in that, your faith is to grow. And when you do it on that level, your faith grows. Do you guys think that I can believe for a new home if God has a new home for us? You bet your bippy. My faith level is really up there when it comes to getting that home. I have no problem thinking or believing that God's economy can do a miracle. So... Where's your faith level? Where's your faith level? And can you measure your faith? You know, George Mueller, which I, I would have loved to have met this man. He was a founder of an orphanage in Bristol, England, years ago. And he was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. He founded this orphan orphanage and... He founded it as strictly a faith project. He had to believe for everything that happened. He wasn't pastoring a church, so he couldn't pass the plates in the middle of the church. He couldn't take up an offering to support all the orphan children. He wound up with as many as 2,500 orphans. He had to believe for every orphan to be fed and clothed. And in that, he didn't, and then not only did he have to pay to feed 2,500 children, he had to, he had to believe that God would raise the money to, to feed or to pay the salaries of the attendants and also to keep up the grounds of the orphanage that was all around. So he had to believe astronomically in, in when it comes to numbers back then he didn't have a mailing list that he could just mail out and say okay these are my needs you know I, I i got this many children he didn't have the internet he didn't have a gofundme he didn't have anything to provide the resources that he needed but he had faith and he believed in a miracle working god and in that, he had to believe for the financial support and for 25, can you imagine seeing 2,500 little birds, you know, like needing food? Three meals a day. They say in his lifetime that he raised millions for the orphanage, and it was all done through faith. When he was 93 years old, this is what Mueller wrote in his journal. When I first started praying and believing God, it took all the faith 
that I had to believe God for one American dollar. But after feeding and exercising my faith daily for 50 years, I could believe God for one million dollars just as easily as I could for only one dollar 50 years after. How did this faith, how did his faith get to that level where he could believe? There were times when Mueller had no food in the kitchen, no food in the cupboard. He would have all the kids at the table with their plates with no food on the plates, no drink in the cups, and he would declare to the children that God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. And he would have a knock on the door. And someone bring in bags of food for all the kids. That actually happened. I didn't just make that up. Can you imagine that many kids? And he was having to believe God to provide and feed all those kids. Before he ever ate breakfast, before he ever fed his body, he said he fed his spirit on God's word. He read the word even before he ate. So when you have those hunger pains that strike you this week, go ahead and grab the the Bible. Grab your scriptures. Feed your spirit man first. Let first. First things first. F.F. Bosworth said this. Most Christians feed their bodies three hot meals a day and their spirit on a cold snack a week. On one cold snack a week. And they wonder why they are weak in faith. You see, a lot of times people will pray for more faith. But you're not paying attention to the means that God is providing for you to have the faith. And he's put it in your hands how you get your faith to grow. It's the faith food. Get in the word. Read the word, believe the word, speak the word, and your faith will grow. So the problem is that, you know, the problem is is that many people want to start on the top of the ladder. So if I could have my ladder picture, you know, we all want to start up there. You know, we want to be able to have that faith way up there. But the reality is, is that we all first got to start on the first rung. We all just step out of the gate and we're going to believe for way up here. And a lot of times, all of a sudden, nothing happens. And somebody says, well, it just doesn't work. I give up. I throw in the towel. God didn't answer my prayers. God doesn't want you to feel like you got to go way up to the top. you got to start one step at a time up the rungs to build up your faith. You start at the bottom. And you know, this is, this is something that defeats a lot of people in their faith is because, well, I'm believing for this and it might be a million dollars when really God wants you to start out believing for just having your electric bill paid. He wants you to believe that you can get some food in the cupboard to feed your family this week. You don't have to believe for that million dollars. Start out on the first rung. And begin to grow. Just like Mueller, we got to start with where we are. When did Mueller put in his journal, I could believe for a million dollars just as easy as I could believe for one dollar? When he was 93 years old. It wasn't when he first started. It was when he was 193. Start believing for the dollar now and work your way up to the million. You don't have to start at the million. So faith has to be fed and developed in order to grow. It just takes time. You know, everybody wants a fast 
quick answer. We are a microwave society. We want everything fast now or no other way. God wants us to grow incrementally in our faith. As we exercise it, as you exercise it, it will grow. And then you can believe for more. And then you can believe for more. And you get to the point where all of a sudden it's almost unthinkable what you're able to believe for and to see manifest as you step out and start believing for greater and greater things in your life. Because you know what Jesus said about us? Greater things shall you do in my name because I go home to the Father. Come on, think about that. Is that not like stretching you a little bit when you read about all the people that Jesus healed? You read about, you read about all the blind eyes and the dead raised? And Jesus says, oh, by the way, you're going to do greater things than I've done. How do you think you can do the greater things? Through faith. That's going to enable you to do the greater things, Jesus said, than what I've done. Which I think is mind-blowing, but he's raised the bar. He's raised the bar high, and he said, you can achieve this, and you can do greater things. Let your faith begin to be exercised, and let's see heaven and earth move on your behalf, and miracles be released. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Father, we praise you and thank you that, Father, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. You have unlimited resources. You have all power and you have all authority. And that power and that authority you have given to us. And we thank you, Father, that as we stand in faith, maintaining, enforcing the glorious victory of the cross, Lord, as we stand in faith, we are going to see greater things. So, Father, I'm asking that by the power of your Spirit, that you would encourage and strengthen each one here that they would become hungry for the bread of life, that they would become hungry for your word, that they would become hungry for the things that you have spoken of and given us liberty to walk in. I'm asking God today that we would be a people that would grow in the measure of faith that you've given us. Father, I'm asking today that people would begin to step out and declare with their mouth what they believe. Lord, I'm asking that faith would begin to be cultivated and would grow in our hearts. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you would water the seed of faith within our hearts. The Lord's seed would begin to grow and grow and grow. Let faith arise that we might hear those words when we see you face to face. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Let us be faithful to the end. Let us not give up. Let us hold fast and run the race. So I'm asking, Lord, today that by your Spirit you would strengthen each and every one with power. Strengthen us with power through your Spirit in our inner man. Why? So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Strengthen 
us with power that we might believe. And I thank you, Lord, that we will be rooted and grounded in love. And we would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that we might come into the full measure of who we are in you, God. And this is all according to the power that works within us. So, Father, I praise you and I thank you for your word. And I'm asking, Lord, that we be a a people of faith that would continue to grow and encourage one another. And, Lord, I thank you and I praise you for that. In Jesus' name. You know, the scripture says that um, when we come together, there's an encouragement. And we're to encourage each other in our journey of faith. We're to encourage each other knowing that sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we get knocked down. Sometimes we have a circumstance that we did not expect, and it almost took the wind out of you. But as we come together, we're able to speak words of light to each other. And we're able to encourage each other to get back up, to get back on the horse. Because, you know, a lot of us get knocked down. And, and sometimes, you know, we're wondering, you know, am I going to be able to get back up? You know the scripture in Micah that has really been a verse that I've held on to most of my life because I've gotten knocked down a lot. I've gotten I've gotten knocked down. Micah says this. He said, "Do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. Though I fall, I will arise. And though I dwell in darkness, he will be my light. So I want to encourage some of you here today to begin to declare, do not rejoice over me, O my enemy. Though I've fallen and though I've stumbled, I'm coming up. I'm coming up and I'm going to rise up. Why? Because I'm an overcomer. I'm not succumb by the circumstance. I'm an overcomer. I'm going to rise up. And though it might be dark, it might look gloomy, the Lord's light is going to shine on my path and He's going to show me the way. So be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged even if you got knocked off the horse. You know, a good soldier of the Lord gets knocked off sometimes, but I think it really matters is who's going to get back on the horse and ride? Or who is going to stay in the mud and waller in getting knocked off the horse? Are you going to get back on and ride? Because he was born to ride. He's going to come riding on a white horse. So you better get used to riding a horse. Stay on the saddle. I got knocked off. I used to have a horse. I got knocked off all the time. And it, it, it hurt. And then we had a little Shetland pony named Dynamite. And you jump on dynamite's back and he'd throw you from here to the road. He'd buck you off in a heartbeat. But I didn't let dynamite have his way. I got back on him. So I want us to encourage one. So if, if you kind of got knocked off the horse, um, I want to have some of the people come on up. Let's just, some of the prayer team, uh, makeshift prayer team, come on up. Ready, in and out of season prayer team, come on up. 
if you kind of got knocked off your horse, um, I, I want to, I want to, I want to pray with you. So if you got knocked off your horse, I want you to come on up and get some prayer. Because I just want us to encourage you right now to get back on the horse. So while we're praying, just come on up. Father, I thank you for this church. I pray you bless and keep each and every one. You'd make your face shine upon them. And lift up your countenance and give them your peace. And Lord, we pray this day for the peace of Jerusalem. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, I want you to come on up. Get some prayer. If not, greet one another and encourage them. Say, man, you look good today. So, bless you in Jesus' name.